and welcome to the Newsy Jacuzzi. I'm your host, Leela Shoshanka Prickett. And I'm Lindy Prickett. I mean, Leela's mom. I mean, the producer. Okay, the sound effects editor. And the big story explainer. Oh yeah, that too. But let's just keep it to Leela's mama for now. She's half Texan and half Yankee. That makes me quarter Texan, quarter Yankee. And sapse acha, half Indian. So... Namaste, Namaste (laughs) y'all. This week on Newsy Jacuzzi, we'll hear part two in our Back to School series. We'll talk to educators around the globe to find out what new school rules will be when they reopen. And two Indian schoolgirls discovered something out of this world. While two astronauts came back down to Earth making history. And find out with me how you can get a dinosaur in your living room. Really? But first... Hold on tight. It's Around Around the the World world in 80 80 Seconds. seconds. Hold tight. A tropical storm has hit the United States' eastern coast with dangerous winds and the chances of more flooding. It's officially hurricane season. So even though this storm, given the name Esau Eos, has died down a bit, weather experts say it could easily pick back up and do more damage. Scientists are calling Australia's devastating wildfires from the last two years one of the worst wildlife disasters in modern history. They say nearly three billion animals were killed or displaced, which means their homes are destroyed. So even if they survive, they might not last long due to lack of food and shelter. But in happier news, she might be the most famous bird in the world, but she has no name. A seven-month-old royal albatross chick in New Zealand has attracted millions of viewers who've watched as conservationists ensure she grows strong enough to live in the wild. A competition is underway to give her a name before she flies away. And Disney is postponing the debut of its movie Mulan, based on a Chinese folklore, dealing a new blow to theaters, which were hoping the action-packed drama would fill cinema halls again. The next installments of Avatar and Star Wars are also on hold. Woo! Thanks for that flash around the world, and now it's time to tackle the The big news story of the week. Last week, we had a debate about whether schools should reopen or not. Remember? Yep. It was like tennis, taking turns to hit the ball. <clears throat> I mean, make our points. Exactly. Now, you've just restarted school. Congratulations. And you're not in class, though, are you? Nope. I mean, your office at home. Ah, and what fun it is. <laughs> still, many of our listeners are still on their summer breaks, and there's a chance that their schools will reopen in the fall there's a chance yours might too as well if the infection numbers in our area come down. Because as you pointed out last week, there are so many good reasons why kids should be back in class. Even if... It won't be like before. No, ma'am. But what will it be like? Well, we've talked to educators all over the world, some from schools that have reopened, and we've come up with a potential set of school rules you can expect when you go back to school. Let's call it the COVID code. Number one, smaller classes. They divided the class in two parts, and some children were coming in Monday, 
Wednesday and Friday. The other children were coming in Tuesday and Thursday, and the week after they alternated so that everyone got some information, some content. That was Marianne Hofgardner, an education specialist and founder of TLI Pedagogics Association of Europe, talking about what they did in Austria, a country right in the middle of Europe that managed to get the pandemic under control relatively early. Number two, social distancing. Example A. So they created this elephant. And this baby elephant distance should be between you and the other child. And how big is a baby elephant? Well, we're in India, so we've seen a few. But in case you don't know, it's about the length of a grocery cart or shopping trolley. You think that's a good idea for helping kids remember to keep their distance? Yes, ma'am. Well, you might like this ropey idea even better. Number three, social distancing. Example B. The children had a rope tied off in six-foot sections to hold while walking in the halls to help keep them separated. That was Ginger Bim, a teacher at a school in Texas in America that ran an experimental summer school session. Admittedly, it was for English as a second language classes because they're much smaller, so they could see how these protective measures work. Ah, so like all the kids had a separate part of the rope to hold that was just for them? Number four, masks or not. So interestingly, the teachers had to wear masks or face shields, visors, but for the children, it was optional. But they had other measures in place. Number five, stay home if you're sick. You'll be checked at the gate. Every day as a child arrived at school, their temperature had to be taken. Number six, if you gotta go, you gotta wait till it's your class's turn. Now, there were obvious provisions in place for regularly scheduled bathroom breaks, for hand washing, as well as hand sanitizer all over the school. Number seven, the hybrid model. Now, back here in India, as you know, it's all virtual learning. But Manakshi Sahani, the principal of Modern School, one of New Delhi's leading private schools, says when they open, it will probably be a hybrid model. That means a mix of two things which would mean real-time and virtual teaching or remote teaching happening at the same time for the same lessons because the rate of absenteeism could go very, very high and we wouldn't, we wouldn't want our students, um, those who are absent for safety concerns, to lag behind in any way. So that means distant learning or virtual school is going to be around for a while. Oh, so that means I could be doing online schooling in your office for a long time? Yes. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> There's one other method that's cropping up, though. Number eight, the rule that means you can ignore all other rules if you're one of the lucky ones. It's called learning pods, where a few families decide to join forces so a small group of children can be taught together. COVID code. Oh boy, I never thought I'd miss this sound so much. So, since we're on the subject of new rules for the new normal... Now it's the ACE part of our podcast. That stands for... Art, Culture and Entertainment. Darling. Darling. It should be festival seasons, museums should be packed, quirky contests should be up and running, but everything is on hold. Except... 
one massive music festival decided the show must go on. It's the Salzburg Music Festival, which kicked off on Saturday. I know orchestral and opera music is not to many children's tastes. It is to mine. <laughs> Very good. And it might not have been a festival many of us could have attended, especially if you're, you know, not in the city of Salzburg, in the country of Austria, which, as we have already mentioned, is in the middle of Europe. But all eyes are on this festival because, like we heard with the plans for how schools might reopen... Organizers of cultural events, maybe even in your own town, are watching to see how this goes down. Of course, masks will be a must. What? Singing with a mask won't sound very good. Okay, <laughs> you're absolutely right. The performers are sorted into three categories based on how possible it will be for them to physically distance. All the singers are in the red category, meaning they can interact as normal, but they will be regularly tested to make sure they are virus-free. I'm not sure it'd be fun to sit with a mask on for an hour of opera. <laughs> the opera bit or the mask bit? I'm just kidding. We love opera. So there's good news there, too, because social distancing will mean that the auditoriums are only half full. In fact, they'll probably look like checkerboards with big gaps everywhere. And that means that once seated, the masks are allowed to come off. Cool, huh? Yeah, let's go. Can we go, please, please? Oh, I wish. But before you get too excited, you know how you love to get a special treat in the intermission? Some juice or candy? Well, that's off the table. The festival organizers have said no intermission drinks or food will be served to try and minimize mingling. Eh, what's mingling? Oh, hanging around, you know, chit-chatting, usually shoulder to shoulder, but that won't be allowed. <laughs> well, better than nothing. But boy, this whole COVID-19 thing, things like a silly soap opera. <laughs> now for some news that's out of this world. Phew, no more singing then? Hey, my singing's not bad. In fact... Oh no. It's time for... For the world of wow. 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 In other words, science. That's right. There's a rover that blasted off from Earth on its way to Mars. But in the other direction, some astronauts that were up in space in the International Space Station have just come home. More on those stories in a minute. First, closer to home here in India, we have some exciting space news too. Yep. Guess what was found by two super smart, super sharp school students. I, I mean future astronauts as they hope to be. Named Vedhi Vakaria and Radhika Lakhani. The comet called Neowise? No, but something way cooler and way harder to spot. Let's cut across to our South of India science reporter, Maya Soda. Hey, Lila. Just when the rest of us were out trying to spot the comet Neowise, two schoolgirls from the Indian state of Gujarat found something better. Vedhi Vekarya and Radhika Lakhani are both in 10th grade. Because they're so clever, they were selected to take part in a program by Space India and NASA. The project allows students to take a look at digital images of space taken from a telescope in Hawaii. They looked and looked 
about you or I might think are just dots. But no, these girls found an asteroid. Asteroids are small rocky objects that orbit the sun. This one is near Mars, but it's slowly shifting its orbit and moving towards Earth. Don't worry though, that won't happen for about 1 million years. From Mumbai, I'm Maya Sodha, reporting for Newsy Jacuzzi. Thanks, Maya. Wouldn't you love to meet those girls? They rock. But that's not the only space news we have today, is it? No, ma'am. Speaking of rocks, <clears throat> NASA launched its most advanced rover to Mars to go search for Martian rocks. And what's a rover? It's a spidery-looking space vehicle that goes exploring or, to be more precise, roving. Nice one. It had a bumpy start, but it's on a nice smooth path now and should land in Mars in just seven months. <laughs> but that's not all. That's right. There's a third space story this week. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Two NASA astronauts splashed back down to Earth in the ocean near Florida called the Gulf of Mexico after being up in the International Space Station. They made history, but do you know how? Because they have the coolest name for the thing they traveled back down to Earth in called the Dragon Endeavor. <laughs> no, but the capsule, which is what that thing is called, is relevant, or I should say connected to this, because it wasn't made by NASA or any other government space agency, but a private company called SpaceX. So these two guys became the first astronauts to be carried into orbit and back down to Earth by a private company. What do you think of that? If it's private, can we go by any transfer? <laughs> That's the idea. The more people entering the space market, the more likely it is that one day, maybe not in my lifetime, but I'm sure in yours, people will be taking vacations to outer space. Oh, I'm totally up for that. Up. Get it? Up. Up and away. <laughs> <laughs> and coming back down to Earth. And going back in time. It's time for... Technology news. Technology news. Tech news. And this week, guess what? What? Our tech news is also our oddball to end our show with because this is supposed to be some odd technology. Huh? Well, you planned this one this week. What have you got up your sleeve? You all know Jackson Hoskins, our tech reporter, right? He's been on this podcast a lot. He says there's a dinosaur in his kitchen. What? <laughs> oh, is he playing with his stuffed toys at the table? Mama, he's our tech reporter, not Peppa Pig's little brother. Okay, is he playing with his robotic dinosaur then? No, 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 way cooler than that. <laughs> all right, let's get him on then. Apparently, there is a Tyrannosaurus in his kitchen, Mama. I hope it never saw us. Get it? Dinosaurus. Hey, you guys. Hey, Jackson. You up for a blast from the past? How about a T-Rex stomping through your home? It can be done. Trust me. I trust you, but I don't know if I understand you. Technology, my friend. Thanks to the clever people at Google who've added dinosaurs to their feature of 3D animals, you can have them right there in your house. 
3D animals aren't all animals in three dimensions, Jackson. <laughs> Very funny. I mean 3D, as in seeing their height, width and depth on your smartphone or tablet. Instead of the normal flat image we usually see. And not just that, you can see these crazy creatures as if they're in your own room. Huh? How do we combine our everyday, real world with a 3D image of an extinct dinosaur? I'll tell you how. Get your smartphone or tablet out. Okay. Here, there you go. It should work well if these devices have been updated with the latest operating system. Unfortunately, it may not work on a desktop computer or laptop. I personally prefer using a smartphone. In the search bar of the Google app, type in the word dinosaur or choose a favorite dinosaur. And if you don't have the Google app, simply do the same search at google.com. When I type in the word dinosaur, I see a picture of a T-Rex in the search results. Hold on a second, Jackson, let me do that. Aha! If a 3D result is available, you'll see the words Viewer in 3D next to the picture of a small cube or box. Yep, I see that. Click on those words, View in 3D. Hold on, it says I have to give it access to my camera. Can we do that, Mama? Okay, I guess we can always change it back later. Okay, done. Now wait for it to load. Wait for it. This may take a few seconds. Okay, we got it. Cool. Now tap the screen and follow the instructions, pointing the phone's camera towards where you want the animal to appear. In my case, our kitchen, after lunch with the sink full of dirty dishes. And then, bam! It's just a device. It's 3D augmented reality pretend. Thank goodness. Yeah, it is so cool though, isn't it? It's super cool. This huge Tyrannosaurus appears on the scene. At first, his massive foot thuds into view, taking up most of the screen. You can make the dinosaurs bigger or smaller and move it around by touching the screen. My Tyrannosaurus stomped its way directly to the kitchen sink as if it was about to wash up, or rather, smash up the dirty dishes. That would have pleased my mum. Huh, yeah, right. <laughs> ah, it's about to eat my secret seven books. Panic, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that is seriously cool. Not just that it's in 3D, which makes it look so real, but, but that it's appearing like it's in our own room, you know? Totally. You can access lots of fun facts too. Also, it's not just about dinosaurs. There's a whole list of creatures you can try by searching for Google 3D animals. I'm going to do a tiger next. What's about you two? Jackson, I thought that no story could be better than your shocking pub story two weeks ago. But this one is the best. Pretty sizzling, don't you think? <laughs> sizzling. Very good, very good. Yeah, that dino was really wired. <laughs> oh no, here we go again. Oh, you gotta love those puns. <laughs> Thanks, Jackson. That was Jackson Hoskins, our tech reporter from the south of England. And that almost brings us to the end of our sixth episode of Newsy Jacuzzi. You may remember last week we asked for... Well, we actually begged 
basically hmm. we begged. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we begged you to send in your suggestions for those new KFC chicken nuggets that don't come from chickens or eggs, but from a laboratory. Well, we've got a lovely email from Shaiba Satar in Malaysia, ooh la la, who suggests we call it Digimeat. Digimeat, I like that. Yeah, me too, it's really nice. <laughs> Digimeat. Thank you for that, Shaiba. And we even got a voicemail. Check this out. This is Mark Brahim from South Carolina, and I think the perfect name for lab made chicken nuggets is feet, spelled F E A T for fake meat. Oh, a mixture of the two words, fake and meat. Feet. Very clever. Yeah, impressive. The best of all was hearing from y'all. So a big, big thank you. Keep your correspondences coming. So drop us an email to contact at newsyjacuzzi.com. And don't forget, if you enjoyed this dip in the whirlpool of news and information, then do subscribe to our podcast. And while you're at it, give us a good rating. Better still, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, or Podcast Republic, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time in the Newsy Jack Newsy. <laughs>